Grace, I've missed you so much. I've missed you, Eric. It's been two full weeks since I've seen your pretty face. Uh, I have not seen your pretty beard in two full weeks. I think it looks the same, although it's funny you say that. Like It seemed like when I was out in Alberta, out west, uh -huh. yeah. I had a lot more hair falling out. I don't know if it was stress or what. I'm guessing stress. Yeah, it's uh, it still looks luscious. Oh, luscious. I like it. Yeah. You ready to do this uh, little thing we call a show? Let's do it. Listen up. Grace, we have your girl crush on, so I need you to play it cool and act fine. Now let's start this party on episode 29. Yeah. I'm Eric Idiot Renner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right, business up front and party in the back. Together, we are The Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller, and enjoy the party. Twenty-nine. One more and we'll be at 30. What? Crazy. Dirty, 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 murdy. I don't know. <laughs> you got a week to figure it out. Yeah, that normally doesn't work out. How are you? I am good. I'm good. Things are good. Life is good. Did some trail work over the weekend. That's always fun. Nice. And uh, yeah, cleaned up some trails and ready to have a good week. How was your weekend last week? Week weekend, your oh, time away. Man. It was something else, man. I'll tell you what. I was in Alberta mm -hmm. and it blew me away. I you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> really awesome. Really awesome. The mountains are phenomenal. There's lots of them. There's tons of wildlife. It was mm -hmm. just like everywhere, every time you turn your head, you're like, wow, wow, look at that. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, a little different than around here. Yeah. So um, help me understand where Alberta is, because I know where Toronto is, and then that's it. That's all I know about Canada. We go west. So do you know where Montana is? Yes. We were not far from Montana, up in okay. Canada. Montana is still a pretty big state, but yeah, that gives me a general idea. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way I know it. Northern Rockies is what we're in, but okay. it's literally like 50, where we were staying was like 50 minutes from Montana. Okay. No, so not, not far at all. So yeah, over in over in the west, over there, eh? Um, we went to Banff. I don't know. If, I'm sure most people have heard of Banff. It's like a must go if you're ever in that part of the world, that part of the country. Banff, B-A-N-F-F. -F. That's just like picture perfect, beautiful. But then, I mean, I thought the rest was on was right up on par with with that. The mountains are just super huge, super uh, a lot of personality. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's just a different world. It's like, wow, makes you like. Did you smile? I think I smiled. I think for a while. Wow, that's that's pretty great. I mean, yeah, before the race, not. <laughs> I don't but you, the RBF, like, it took away all that, and you had it that was great. On your face. We went with great friends, Katie McDonald and Jason Lyons, crewed me along with my beautiful wife Becky, and we had. I had a, the time of my life for a week and it was, yeah. it was spectacular. I did not want to come home last night. I almost didn't make it home. The, the airlines, we got to Calgary, which is where we were flying back to Toronto to. Yeah. And they straight up told us 
um, you can't get on that plane with this, with the, your uh, passport card. And I'm like, wait, what? I said, uh, what? Excuse me? Like, mm-hmm. we don't we don't accept that card. So long, long story short, this was three in the morning yesterday morning. Long story short, we had to buy two new plane tickets on a different airline. Wow. Very expensive plane tickets that didn't care. Obviously, like our passport card was enough and it should have been for this other flight. I don't know what's going on. So now we're going to be in a big fight trying to get our money back. Mm-hmm. And it, I thought I was going to be a full-time Canadian for a few minutes. And I, Becky thought she was losing her job because she had to be back to work today. And it was a whole thing, but wow, here I am. So with all that said, be, before we go any farther, can we just bring on our guest? Because yeah. I, he needs to come on. Um, I don't need no introduction. Because again, like I was trying to think of an introduction and it's like, we, we talk about at, Rhoda a lot. if you just look at every big race out there, you can pretty much assume she's done it and done well uh-huh. at it at this point. Yeah. Um, there's still a couple left, I'm sure on her radar, but yeah. Well, no, wait, here, here's anybody who I know who um, maybe is a little new to the trail scene and doesn't, doesn't know right. how I introduce Rhoda. Uh, Rhoda's amazing. Everybody loves Rhoda. Um, and just as an example of how badass she is, I say, well, she placed fourth at Cocodona, which is 250 miles, Cocodona yep. 250. Yep. And then 10 days later was first place female at Massanutten. And that's like, yeah, how was that even possible? Road smoker, road smoker, road smoker. That's my example. So for anybody who does it, and then just look her up on an altar sign up. There's road smoker. She's here. I'm Rhoda. here. How's it going? Good. So if anybody, road is me and half of my voice. Yeah, she's not. <laughs> she feels a million percent amazing, but I do. Due, due to the air out there where we were. Um, my voice got crackly, but I didn't lose it. She literally lost her voice pretty much as soon as she finished the race. So that's why it sounds the way it does. And you sound a lot better, Rhoda, already. Just yeah. To- yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank it was you. like it completely went by my eyes. I took a nap after I finished. And when I woke up, there was I couldn't talk at all <laughs> for like a good 20 minutes, probably. And the crazy thing so. is it was still fine. It was still fairly fine when you finished, right? So it was just yeah. like coming down off of everything and everything setting in that it was like, just took it away. Yep. It just yep. left my, my brother woke me up to say bye. Cause they were, they're still out there, which makes me very jealous. They were heading up to some of the national parks and I couldn't say bye or thank them or say anything. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Yep. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> So can we back up a little bit for anybody who uh, maybe didn't hear the last couple of weeks? What race is this? And give us some of the stats, either one of you. All right. I'll take it, Rhoda. And then Go you ahead. Experience. Yeah. The, we did the Divide 200, which is Canada's first, um, I'm going to say, full loop trail race. At least that's how they advertised it, I believe. Full loop 200 trail full race. Full loop 200 mile trail race. Um, Northern Rockies. In Alberta, it crosses over into British Columbia for for a little bit. And um, for anybody who's seen that part of the country, it's pretty gnarly. I think that it was advertised as 38,000 feet of gain. Rhoda, what did you end up with after your... your- uh, I didn't actually look. Okay. I, I was thinking it was somewhere between <laughs> sorry, 30, yeah, 38 to 40. I was thinking something around that. But I 
Yeah, I didn't look at all the stats. So, but on the plus side, I still had 57% battery life on my watch when I was done. Wow. I did look at that. It made me very happy. <laughs> what watch do you have? Uh, the Coros, the new Coros. Verdict. Oh, what is it, Eric? Verdicts? Yeah. Verdicts, yeah. Oh, nice. English. Things don't die. It's insane that they can do that for that long and still hold the battery life that they do. Blows me away. Yeah. Um, you did have like 208 miles total, but uh, some of that yeah. watch silliness. I don't know. I don't know what anybody. Yeah, I was kind of curious to see, like, I don't know how I would find out, but to see what other people got. Right. With it being a first year race, like, it could be correct or it could have been off. Yeah. But I think I ended with like 208 or 209, something like that. At that point, who really cares? Just keep counting, right? Right. Yeah. As long as the finish line comes at some point. <laughs> so, this was a very, I will, I will say, is a very uh, good put together race. The the guy who puts it on, Brian Gallant, he has several other races Sinister in his company, Sinister Sports. They do Sinister Seven. He does the Canadian Death Race, um, I believe, and uh, very well put together. Things are different in these races than what we're used to out here. I I'm pretty sure Rhoda would probably agree a little bit with that. Not necessarily bad, different, just different. It's stuff. You're not uh, yeah. stuff you take for granted here. You might not get out there and things like that. They're like food. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Variety or yeah. amount. Both. Both. Uh, just real food. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the amounts of aid stations, like a lot of aid stations were just snacks yeah. for maybe 40 miles. You didn't have hot food or anything. So wow. that was, which we kind of knew ahead of time, but it, yeah. I don't think for me, it didn't really sink in. Like I didn't think about it That's until right. like halfway through the race. And then yeah. I started carrying bags of rice and sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the aid stations were more spread out, probably because they had to, because we're in pretty remote areas. I understand yeah. it, but when you have when you have a mile section in between aid stations, you're going from one aid station that has your basic Oreos and um, small bags of chips and gummies, going 20 miles to another aid station that has the same thing. Yeah. Now there were a couple bigger ones, mm -hmm. but yeah. it's, it's hard to to I get around that. I think I think there's some race directors in this area, not just not just like Pennsylvania, but kind of Pennsylvania, Maryland, um, that that region that really I I don't know what it is if they're they're just having I think they're just having fun with it and seeing what they can pull off with hot food with races and they pull off some pretty phenomenal things. I know um, uh, like Carl does uh, he does French fries at Funt like legitimate. They're fried right there at the aid station in the middle of the woods. And I think it is important to remember when you go to other states, like that, that's abnormal. <laughs> I think we're, we're out of, we're the ones who are a little odd and we definitely get spoiled with how much we have. Yeah. And we also get spoiled, spoiled with the amount of volunteers that are willing to help. He had, he had enough, but just barely, I would say. <laughs> yeah. He was scratching everybody he could to get him to come out and and help, and, and again he pulled it off and it, it, it he pulled off a two hundred mile race and a really good race. I'm not putting it down whatsoever. It's just different mm -hmm. than what we're used to. Right. I mean to go. Let me go. Very. Over. 
Go ahead, Rudy. Uh, very well marked. I was impressed mm-hmm. with the markings for sure. Like there was, I think I pulled my phone out one time to look at the course, like the entire race. And even then I probably wouldn't have needed to. Um, there was some places where cows, I'm pretty sure it was cows, ate the markers. Because uh, you would see like little reflective pieces laying on the ground. But the markings, I mean, it was marked like a 50K in my opinion, which I thought was was pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. The only, the only thing I would have changed, and I'm, I I bet he might change, is the, the color. He he did, he yeah. did reusable ribbons that were, uh, at night, they were reflective. So they're, they're very nice ribbons. But it was they, he did pink. And mm-hmm. the pink just doesn't pop out during the day. And, oh, yeah. and it might be on the reflective side so you can't even see the pink but i just think orange would pop out bet contrast better but at night rhoda you're right i mean like i couldn't wait for it to get dark both nights just because the trail lit up and you could mm. mark extremely well yeah. um, during the day it was like what, what the heck are they and then you see it and it's like uh it's kind of blending in i don't know yeah that um, turned out to be a little bit depressing in the very last section that you could see the markers so well because you'd be going uphill and you thought you saw the one at the top of the hill and then you would see one like way up in the sky somewhere and you were like shit that's where i'm going that's a long <laughs> there's like three more hills to get to that one i see up there <laughs> so the only my biggest um the thing i didn't like and it's only because i didn't know about it was that a lot of the a lot of the race was on these four wheeler roads? They call them double track trails. Right. But they're they're very wide, very very wide, um, not flat, rolly with rocks all over them, and uneven four wheeler trails. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what the um, I don't know seventy five percent of the race was. Rhoda, would you agree? Mm. Not, not quite. Uh, I wouldn't go 75, but there was quite a bit of it, especially in like the middle section of the race. There was a lot of that. Yeah. And I think they had them listed as maybe ATV trails or something, but they were literally, you were only driving a four wheeler on them. Like there was no other all terrain vehicle that you were putting on those trails, <laughs> unless you're completely psychotic. But, but yeah. yeah, they were rocky for sure. I call them like, I don't, I don't mind rockiness. I would classify them as like shitty rocky is usually what I say. Like you, you can't run on them. You can barely, like you can't really step between them. Like they just suck. There's no good way to move fast over them, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of what you were getting at. Like it's yeah. just, anno- they're, they're annoying. They're yeah. just hard to run on. <clears throat> So the first, you know, the first, uh, first part of the course, everybody was kind of aware of it. There's two giant climbs. The first climb, first climb and descent, all said and done, was seven thousand feet again, and and obviously you have to come back down that. And then the second climb was around five thousand, I believe, four or five maybe. And they were kind of back to back, and um, they were. It was. Um, it was very, you know, very quick up. It, they were steep and very yeah. fast down. And I think, I mean, I threw up after the second one at the top of the second climb. And I, from what I heard, quite a few people felt sick coming into that first crude aid station. But they mm-hmm. were, a lot of people were, were uh, 
saying it was due to just the difference in the, the difference in elevation changed so fast. Not necessarily that we went super high. It was just the the up and down of really, really drasticness. Um, so I, I got sick in that that area and kind of lost all my calories and stuff. But that was definitely difficult, that section. I don't know what you yeah. thought. Or slow going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I when I got to the first crude aid station, which was 40 or 43, uh, something like that, like I, I felt like I ran 100 miles mm. by the time I got there. Like my legs wow. definitely felt like that 100 miles on. And I think the thing that got me in that section was like I love the downhills, but like the top half of those downhills, like you weren't running them because they were just steep. So I think that tore my legs up a little bit, which probably – I think is why I felt the way I did by the time I got to my crew. Um, but yeah, I bonked pretty bad on the bottom, like at the bottom of the second hill where you felt like crap at the top. And I was like, well, that's the last time I'll see Eric. And then I get to the top and I was like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he pretty much he was sitting up top and he was like, ah, I'm dying. And I was like, ah, oh, sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, your markers were kind of close to each other um, for a portion of the race. How much did you two run together? I mean, until uh, I kept running and she, you know, she kept going, I would, I would say, luckily, we ran a fair amount together. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Like she just said, we kind of ping-ponged back and somebody forward because of different highs and lows and how we were feeling. But so we got to the first crude aid station, which was the first full day in, you know, we all day long, we had to run without seeing our crew. And we got there in the evening, whatever he wrote, said 40 miles in. And she was still there when I got there. She was ahead of me a little bit and she left before me. And then I managed to catch her in that next section overnight. Just I wanted to catch her just because I knew she was there and it was somebody I knew to hopefully mm -hmm. hang with. So I kind of made it like, oh, okay, I feel like crap, but road is up there. I'm going to try to get to her. And we did. And we ran, we stayed together throughout that night, which was amazing um, mm -hmm. for company, if nothing else. And that was a much yeah. aimer um, part of the course. Runnable if you had any legs, shuffleable, yeah. you could keep moving. And Rhoda kept me moving for sure. She, her, her shuffle is, uh, was probably more than I would have done if she wasn't there. So we stayed together through the night till the next crude aid station at, um, I don't even know what mile that was at that next morning. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go I think it was 80. Oh, no. I want to say 80. Yeah. What's that? That was the six and nine aid station. So that was. Yeah, been, it was 80 something. Yeah. 83, maybe. So, yeah, we stayed together to mile 80, which, and that wasn't on purpose. So that was really amazing for me to, to be yeah. able to have somebody that I know at least around me for that long. Um, and then from yeah. there, mile 80, that's where you can get your, start getting your pacers. So mm -hmm. we both got our own pacers and kind of, you know, doing our own thing at that point. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where there's a big 40-mile lollipop loop to do back to that aid station. It's the only uh, spot that you actually come back to a, to another spot, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But so that – then I – you know, we did that loop, and I was – I felt like I was drained after that loop, which was mile 124 for me. And uh, I don't, I, and I dropped. I don't, I don't have any regrets for dropping. The only thing I'm trying to figure out, and I, I ask everybody this, is 
for me, I feel like my mental, my willpower is getting weaker, not stronger, you know, mm. through these races. And I'm, I'm sure Becky would agree. And I'm not, I'm not whining. I'm not complaining, but I think right. I'm wondering, I just wonder why I feel like a lot of people, it's, it's the opposite. They learn a lot. They, uh-huh. you don't have to become a stronger runner physically to become a stronger runner altogether, just because you're mental, you know, you, you know, what's coming, you figure things out, you mm-hmm. know, wins are coming, you know how to fight them, but it's like, I'm losing that battle. And I'd love to figure out how, I don't know if I should change my strategy of, maybe don't use a crew and pacers mm-hmm. that sounds like the opposite would happen, but I don't know. So, yeah. Well, have- let me, let me ask this. Um, how, are you, is, is it like losing willpower to continue on or losing excitement for the distance? Well, I mean, of course, I told my crew and my pacers and Becky at that aid station, no, I'm not having fun anymore, so I'm done. My leg, I don't want to walk 80 miles, so I'm right. done. Right. Well, I I probably I wouldn't have walked 80 miles. If I just would have slept for a couple hours and then been on my way, I would have felt better. I know that. And again, yeah. I don't regret stopping. It's like, for me, in my head, I had that whole thing to, to justify it by myself and with my pacer, Jason. But yeah. it was like... I got the full experience. Why do I have to walk 80 more miles to, to mm-hmm. I know how silly this sounds like it does. No, it, <laughs> it does not sound silly. And I guess like where my head goes, the first thing that my head goes into, and let me know if I'm way off base here is I know just recently you um, kind of announced that you're going to go after the mid state trail again. Yep. And do you have more excitement, do you think, for going after the mid-state than you did for this? I don't, I'd have to think about Maybe that. Maybe you don't know the answer. <laughs> the, know. The, the race experience is very different than um, going out and, and kind of challenging yourself at an FKT. And I was just curious. I was just very... I was just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've, why is it becoming it's easy to, to stop easier to stop at a race yeah. that I don't really want to stop at? I, I don't know. My legs were trash, but they were no tra- more trash than Rhoda's or everybody else doing the race. Yeah. Um, so do you, like when you run a 50K, do you want to quit those? No. Oh. But if I run, if so I run maybe it's just at sometimes if I run a 100 miler at the 50K point, already at 50 K I'm like, this is stupid. And I feel yeah. like, but I will say, you know, Rhoda, Rhoda, I, you know, something you've told me before, or, you know, you say, and it sticks out in my mind and it's interesting because you're an amazing ultra distance runner is she doesn't feel great at, uh, during the first day of a multi-day event. So in mm-hmm. 200 mile, for example, you know, she just need Rhoda likes to get through that first hundred. Because then, not that it gets easy, but it's right. she finds her groove. And, is yeah. that okay way of putting it, Rhoda? Like it's just yeah, you, yeah. You, and it's not even always like a hundred. It's usually just the first day for whatever reason, right? I mean, because like whatever the first day here was like what eighty miles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but now I've had a lot of runs where I feel like crap for twenty or thirty miles. So I don't know if I just learned like you'll eventually feel better. I don't know. But yeah, I do find the first day is, is the hardest for me 
mentally anyways, definitely mentally. Now here's, here's the thing that I have learned about myself over the years and especially just recently in the last like two years now that I'm um, trying out some longer stuff is when I'm further away from home, um, I just want to get back to home and get back to my husband. And, and if, and this is one of the reasons why I don't race out West. If I'm going to go out West, I'm going to go there on a vacation to have fun mm-hmm. with Jason. And if I try to race out there, if I did a half marathon or something like that, that would be fine. But if I'm trying to do a hundred miler out there, the whole time that I'm out there, I'm just going to be thinking about getting done so I can go hiking with him or something like that. Like, I just don't want to experience something like that without him there. So I don't race out West. I only race on the East coast. And even when I'm further, I had a hard time in New Hampshire. I was up there by myself and I just wanted to come home. I didn't really feel like being up there anymore. But when I did the Mason Dixon trail, I was gone, you know, for five days, but I was close to home. And for some reason that was fine for me. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. It can be, it, it, it might be a number of things. I, I'm not really, yeah. sure. I kind of, I kind of like having this challenge in front of me of mm. I want to figure it out. And I'm, yeah. and I'm being, I want to, like, I want to be very clear to, to not, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I quit, mm-hmm. but um, I don't. I don't regret it. And I, I don't know if that makes much sense is I, I don't really, there is really no regret and I don't think there ever will be. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to believe, I think, especially for somebody like my wife and my close friends and stuff. But I was, I was happy with, with where I was and mm-hmm. yeah. Would I have been happier if I woke up and felt better and moved on and finished a 200 and got the buckle? The only answer is yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't regret it. And and may, maybe that's what this is what I needed was want that one DNF to, to say, I'm never going back to that point again. Mm. Maybe that was motivation enough right there. I don't know. We'll find out about yeah. it. Um, but I know what a DNF feels like, you know, yeah. and, and that's, uh, I don't know, that's a cool experience to have. And, and you got yeah. to, to be there for it. And now you figure out the puzzle and keep going and be like Rhoda. Yeah, and I want to spend plenty of time talking about Rhoda's race because she she ran a a fantastic, um, yeah. phenomenal um, paced race and <sighs> did what Rhoda does, which is just keeps keeps punching away and keeps cruising and yeah. and anybody in front of her needs to be deathly afraid of Rhoda back there because that's what Rhoda does. She picks you off and alive <laughs> with a smile. On <laughs> so, talking talking about dogs the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so to handle some some, uh, some viewer questions real quick, what do you all do for training, high mileage, or a mix of efforts? I'm I'm fitting in whatever I can with whatever time I have, family wise. Um, I, my mileage peaked at like m- mid seventies for this. Now that's coming off of Montana hundred a couple weeks ago, so I kind of dropped down after Montana, climbed back up for this the best I could. And dealt with what I was given. Did I feel like I was trained to where I wanted to be for this one? Not even 
remotely close for when I signed up for this race. You know, you sign up for a race and you're gonna, you say, you're going to do this. You got these races leading up to it. It's going to be the perfect buildup, going to crush it, going to have time in the summer train. And yeah, none of that happened. Cause none of it. No. And that's okay. And that does get in my head sometimes, but I guess I have to learn to adjust my, maybe my end goal for the race according to that. And I didn't, you know, that was the other thing with my, I dropped when I was in, I'm going to just call it 10th place because it was right around there. I dropped mm -hmm. out of the race in 10th place. That sounds really stupid, but I didn't. <laughs> Grace, I it's didn't. okay. <laughs> We're, by the end of this, you're going to feel so good about I it. Didn't, I didn't feel like I could reach the goals that I wanted to reach. Uh -huh. and, and those goals are, are, you know, finishing the race in 100 hours is an amazing goal for somebody, but that's not my goal. Right. So it doesn't, it shouldn't matter where I was at it. And that's probably hard for other people to understand and that's okay, but it didn't matter to me where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, it matters to me where I, where, what I'm doing. But anyway, enough of that. <laughs> I am so glad that you expressed that, Eric. I think that was really helpful. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a lot there's going to be other people out there who feel the same way. Like that, that's, I, the way I hear it in my head, like when I feel that way is this wasn't what I set out to do. Right. That's and, exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, that doesn't feel good. Even if it does result in a finish, if it's not what I set out to do, um, I, I don't feel good about it. And I have to like rethink it and work it and, and figure it out and then, and then go after it again. So, um, you know, still a cool experience and cool to hear about it. I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to let you say the answer, Rhoda. How do you train? How did you train for this? Uh, like Eric said, not how I wanted to necessarily. Um, I would say like my spring, I felt great. Like I felt like I trained really good winter into spring. So like the beginning of July, I felt like, I was ready for it. And then the last, like my August was like, I didn't do much just, and not because I didn't necessarily want to just being busy, um, being away on the weekends. So I don't know what my August mileage was or what I was averaging a week, but it was not much at all. I want to say the last two weeks before the race, I didn't run during the week at all. I had a couple runs on the weekends. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I usually just wing it. Pretty much. I mean, That's I felt I felt super fit the beginning of July. And I kind of felt like it went downhill a little bit. Um, but I feel like in a long race, you get away with that a little more than something short because your body figures it out, which maybe that's why the hard the first day is always the hardest for me because of my body has to figure out what's going on. <laughs> and then it remembers <laughs> after 24 hours. And it's like, oh, okay, this is what yeah. we're doing. You know, be, before you go any farther, Rhoda, I I feel the exact the past couple of races, the hundreds I've done, I I feel like that's all, exactly what happens to my body. It's like I'm not trained where I want to be anymore, and I find a hard time to to do to get to that point where I I feel confident. But it, but it's like your your body revolts at first, and then it realizes, oh yeah, this is what we used to do, and this is how you do it. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. Yeah. And I, I don't think know. 
True. I think it's hard to time races to to when your body is ready when races sell out so early. It would be so much easier to just wait until your body feels good and then say, okay, well, what's happening, you know, in the next week or two, and then just register for it and go. Um, and that that's just so hard to do in trail races is to predict when you're going to be ready. Because I feel like it never really times out the way it should. Yeah. Rhoda's always ready. So That's accurate. Just to <laughs> clarify, and I, I'm, I don't see why she wouldn't be okay with me saying this, but her, her goal for this race was about 70, 72 hours mm-hmm. with no more than one hour of sleep. And she finished the race in just over 71 hours with mm-hmm. about 15 minutes of total sleep. So that's how solid her her effort was in relation to her goal, which is phenomenal. And yeah, I, will, I would say it was probably more like 20 to 25 minutes of sleep. Depending on what you Oh, thought. then that so. feels so much better. <laughs> Glad you clarified that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, and, and to clarify another thing, she wrote a look like absolute hell at the finish line because I of- did, yeah. <laughs> Everybody who's on there, everybody who's on their run right now and is like considering shortening it, they're all gonna go like half a mile longer. Just yeah. <laughs> yes, wow. I did. I looked great when I finished, for sure. <laughs> and the reason I would like to point out the reason I don't know exactly how much sleep I got is because when I would say five minutes, uh, my lovely pacer. Let me sleep eight minutes two times. I can't do that kind of math. I yeah. go with the five minutes because it's easy. Right. You throw eight minutes in there, that requires a lot more math skills than I have, especially when I'm running. So yeah. it threw everything off. You know, I everything. really I really wanted to have your wonderful pacer on tonight. But when we have four guests, it gets it gets hard to keep to keep organized. So we just try to yeah. But she deserves to be on, and we're talking about Samantha Hurlbert, and she ran with you ninety. You should have her. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we're going. uh, Yeah, it was probably ninety. Yeah, a little over ninety, I think. Yeah, so she's an amazing human, amazing runner, and anybody who knows anything about pacing knows that your pacers don't normally run ninety miles. Several pages. Especially only doing two sections. It was a 40-mile section and then like 50-something mile section. This is what you guys do. You're kind of a phenomenal team. You've done this before. She's crewed you. She's paced and crewed you for Cocodona. You you paced her all the way through Massanutten 100 this year um, just to get her 100 get that finished for her, which is awesome. I mean, you both ran, you both were signed up for the race, but still. Right. Um, but yeah, for her to go out there go with you to this race and, and pace you for 90 miles, I'm pretty sure you're not going to find any better pacer out there. No, for sure. And, we, and we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun doing it too, which is makes it even better. <laughs> you, you have, if anybody ever gets the opportunity to talk to Sam, you will also have a lot of fun listening. <laughs> She's she's yeah. great. Hello. So Sam, I hope Sam's listening or does listen. And uh, I, I was thinking about her, and she she deserves to be on the show to talk about her experience too. My my small experience with both Sam and Rhoda involved me pulling over to the side of the road so they could chase a porcupine. 
right. Yeah, yeah, and you had the child safety locks on, and I couldn't even get out of the That's car. Right. I'm not used to having people in my car. I'm a loner, Dottie. <laughs> I can't get past the child locks. It's not fair. So, Rhoda, why don't you, uh, as swiftly as you can, I mean, let go, let's go to your race. You had a phenomenal race. Like I said, you hit your goal time. And I will add one more thing to my my debacle of what I did. I will point out that I firmly believe that if I would have kept going and not gave given up, I still have plenty of time to meet my goal time. You know, I said I quit because I didn't feel like I was going to, to reach that. That's the beauty of a 200 is there's always time. And, you know, Broda, like I, I won't interrupt anymore, but you obviously had slower patches and rough patches and things go wrong and you work through them and you still finish an hour under your goal. So we ran together for the first 80 ish. Then take us from there. Uh, you know, any, the highlights. Um, yeah. So like you said, the first 40 were hard, like really hard. Um, and my first day is always, it's always the toughest for me. So one thing I, that I tried to do is remind myself that that is why I signed up in the first place because I wanted to do something hard. Um, and I'm trying to think. So from 80 was the loop. So like, I, I mean, I love picking up my pacer regardless if it's 40 miles, 60 miles or 80 miles. Like whenever you can get your pacer, that's always a huge boost for me. So like, and I think we left that aid station. I want to say in the morning, was it more? I think it was like morning or almost morning. Do the loop? Um, yeah. Yeah. It was morning. It was first. So, so that also is like when the sun comes up, that's also like a big boost. So the loop was the first half of that loop actually sucked real bad. Like <laughs> I was like, Oh, I hope this is not all this is. <laughs> Cause they kind of told us like, Hey, if you can hit this in the daytime, it's beautiful. And I was like, all right, this is going to be awesome. But then you got on these like wide, I mean, they were like four wheel drive roads, I guess. I don't even know. Like, but they were like big, wide gravel roads, dirt roads. You were in the woods, but they were just up and down and like crappy rocks here and there. Um, they weren't bad. Like you could run them, but they were just, you're 80 miles in and kind of annoying and you're just in the woods. Um, but once you get halfway through that loop, like you just hit these, like, I mean, just awesome views. Like you got up top. Um, so there's just mountains everywhere. So, I mean, it was like, it was a good time basically just because I had my pacer with me. Like I was having fun at that point. Um, we saw a mountain goat. We found like a freaking sweet lake. Like the trail goes right by this lake. And it was, that was really cool and really weird because you drop down into this lake. So you feel like you're like dropped down off the mountain. And then you leave the lake and you drop down and you come out to this clearing and you're still like way up on the mountain. So that was kind of, I was like, Oh shit, we're still really high up here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that loop went great. In my opinion, it took me longer than it, than I would have liked it to. Um, I think when we were done that, I told Sam, I said, well, I just ran my two slowest 40 milers in this race, which was the first 40 and the 40 mile loop. Um, I don't remember how long it took me, but it was, I mean, it was all day. Like it was getting dark by the time we were done that loop. Um, 
<clears throat> and so coming into the aid station after that, which would have been like 120 yep. something, I, it was when I laid down for the first time. Like I came in and ate, did what I needed to do and decided I was going to lay down for 15 minutes, um, which I didn't sleep at all, but I did lay down, which, I mean, that did help me. But I picked my brother Caleb up at that point. He was pacing the next 24 whatever miles that section was. And uh, that, that night was rough. Like the first night when we were running together, I didn't struggle too bad uh, with sleepiness. And it was pretty warm the first night, which I was glad. Like I was never too cold, which if you know me at all, I do not like being cold. And I like I struggle even more when it's cold. <laughs> so the second night we we got by a lot of water, um, and it was it was colder. Like it was clearer and it was colder. And then we were down by a lot of water. So first I was just grumpy and struggling because it was I was freezing, and then I started struggling to stay awake. Um, I saw all kinds of stuff that night. Like wow. anything I anything I saw was not what it was supposed to be. <laughs> what was what was one of your hallucinations? Um, it was funny because Eric asked me like, "What'd you see?" And I was like, "Everything." <laughs> um, so I I saw like faces in the circle of my headlamp at one point. So that was a new one. Like okay. people that I people's faces were there. Was and my face in I, there? Was Eric's face in there? I don't even know like whose faces they were. Just they were yes. just faces. Say yes. We'll say it was it was your face, yes. I yeah. saw your face. It was us too. <laughs> but um yeah, I struggled really bad. I by just before daylight, like I could not stay awake. I was like and I told my brother, I was like, dude, like I can't I can't stay awake. So at that point, he he told me to, because you don't think clearly at this point. He was like, well, why don't you take a nap? Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I took my first trail nap. I laid down. He's like, I'll give you five minutes. And that was the first time I've ever trail napped. I never trail napped before. Okay. And it was amazing. Can you, do it like, was, can you do like the head on a rock and like. I just laid my head like on my hand. Like mm -hmm. I literally laid down right on the trail. Yeah. And it was weird because I could actually feel my own body like falling asleep. Like I felt everything go limp and then I got woken up and then we went down the trail and it was like I felt a hundred times better on that five minutes of sleep. Um, so that was my first nap. And then we got in to the next. Well, it took forever, like because you get on this trail and I thought, all right, we're almost to the aid station. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that ever happened to either of you guys when you like the trail changes. So you think you're close for yeah. whatever reason. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was still a really long way away. So, but anyways, we finally got into the next aid station, which would have left me with, I think about 53 to go. And so then I picked Sam up again there. Um, and kind of the same thing. Like the rest of the, the days went great. Um, I would have liked to be faster, obviously. Like, you always want to run more than you do. Um, but pretty much as long as it's daylight, I can have a pretty good time and stay awake. It's the nights. Like, as soon as once I'm tired, I think it's the mix between it being night and looking through my headlamp. Like, even sometimes when I don't feel tired, mm -hmm. I still can't keep my eyes open. I think it's like looking into the light or I don't know. But the day went great. Like we had not a lot of 
we had another like really awesome some really awesome views and like this ridiculous downhill that like i don't even know how to describe it other than there was no trail it was just down the side of the mountain wow. and like we got to it and i was like we, we just kind of stood there like this, this is really where we're going <laughs> and it was there was flags down so we we went and i was like this it, it was slow like really slow <laughs> but uh we got down that um and then like there was some more gravel road sections mm-hmm. after that that like quite a bit actually which was it was fine in the daytime but then again at night like when i was really tired i it was the same thing like i was struggling to stay awake a lot of drunken walking like i was just swerving so there was more trail maps <laughs> and yeah. And then like, I mean, I don't know other than it was, I guess the sleep was probably what I struggled with most at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't remember exactly what the last sections, like what the mileages were. Um, the last, we hit the last crew of Wade station right before dark. Um, so it would have been Thursday night uh, was the last time we saw our crew. And so that would have been all night until until I finished. So that night was was pretty rough at times. Well, I would say if you talk to Sam, most of most of the time, it was pretty rough. She said uh, she said my my lowest moments were her funnest moments. So. <laughs> um but yeah, it was it was great. Like my brother and his wife and their boys were at the last crew station and my, my nephew said to me when we came in there, he was like, Hey, he's seven. He said, Are you sore? And I was like, Ah, oh, a little bit. Why? He's like, I saw you walking up there. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm 180 miles in. Like, cut me a break. <laughs> and second uh, place female. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like, I mean, the last section was really hard just because we, it's kind of when you look at the elevation, it's like one climb, but when you're actually doing it, it's like 5,000 little climbs. Like you just keep going up and every time you think you're up, you just go up again. And I mean, you know, like when you look at an elevation profile, it's so condensed, it's just a line. Right. Um, but yeah, it just, the last climb just seemed like it went forever and ever and ever and then it was the same thing like you start going down and it was just like crappy rocks that you didn't really want to run on um so it's it's funny for me to think because at one point i forget what day it was i was like oh maybe i could get like in this like 60 hours and then like three hours later i was like yeah, that's not <laughs> Never <gonna happen>. <laughs> <laughs> so i did try to get under 71 yeah. And I came around the one corner and realized I still had to go up through a parking lot and I had like 10 seconds left. And I was like, nope, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> uh, that's right. But yeah, I mean, all in all, like, I don't know. I love long, I love the long stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I asked earlier, if you think about dropping in 50 Ks is because almost every time I run a 50 K, I want to drop. <laughs> <laughs> so like I can do a hundred or longer and it like it wouldn't even cross my mind but when i do shorter stuff mm. like usually i'm like man i could just 
stop and no one would care. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely interesting. And everybody is different. I guess that's the point of what we do, why we do this stuff. But I don't know. I mean, I think that, we have to focus on the negativity out. Yeah. That is such a, an epic, epic adventure. I don't know. And it, it sounds like, you know, you did Cocodona last year. You know, this year was um, the the Divide 200. So you, you've gotten into some big epic. You've been doing long distance for a long time. And, you know, uh, Vol State uh, a while back, 2018, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Like uh, that. Yeah, I think it was 18. Yeah. And um, so you've been doing long stuff for a while now, but you're getting into some of the, the big epic views lately. Yeah. So what do you have? What do you have your eye on for next year? Are you not willing to say? Uh, not really anything right now. Um, okay. I don't want to say too much. I'm hoping to do some pacing next year. We'll put it that ah, way. Okay. That so. Um, yeah, I don't, it was kind of funny because this year, this past year, I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything big uh -huh. this year. And then Eric so kindly shared this race with everyone. And I was like, oh man, that looks awesome. And it was definitely worth it. Like, like he said, it's, it's beautiful. Like I'm, I'll pretty much go anywhere out West. Like mm -hmm. it's just, I love it. it the, just the bigness of it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everything's brighter and more colorful, and I don't know why, but it's I I do love doing anything out there. So yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's <laughs> out there, it's just diff. It's different, and it's uh, yeah. I I'm so happy I get to go out west and do this kind of thing. It gives me a reason to go out there. Yeah. Like, I'm one thing. <laughs> one thing I will say that I thought. Um, when we were running earlier in the race, Eric asked me, so if, if anybody followed the race, they know that, uh, Mika Thuz was the first place female and she's like insane. And, uh, we were talking and Eric had asked me like, what do you think makes her so good at these distances? Which my answer to that is experience. I mean, I, and I, that's like one of my favorite things about ultra running probably in any ultra distance is that I I feel like experience, you can always get more experience and it can always help you, like regardless yeah. of how long you've been running. Um, so this was her 13th 200 miler wow. to put in. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that until after the fact. But um, so, yeah, anyways, that's like a side note. Like one of the things I think is really cool about these distances is how much experience helps you. Mm -hmm. just to deal with yourself and to deal with the distance itself. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, to, to ping pong off of that, it has been five years since I did Tahoe 200. So any experience that I had off of that one race was shot out the window in five years, in my opinion, you know, mentally. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know. You're right. I mean, any, any race experience is going to help a lot. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. But you had a phenomenal race. I expected you to have a ph phenomenal race. And uh, I think everybody following you knew you were going to have a phenomenal race. And, and you're fun <laughs> to watch. You really are. Rhoda, have Thank you ever you. had a DNF? Uh, I have. Technically, I think if you look at my ultra sign up, I don't think it would be there. Okay. Um, 
but I did DNF the Pine Creek 100. Oh, okay. Um, I, that was my very first 100. I completed it the first time I did it. And then I went back the next year and I did DNF there, um, which like when I look at it now, I don't regret it. I feel like I learned a lot from it, but I also, when I look at it, I'm like, wow, that was really stupid. <laughs> like I had no reason to, to quit. Like I was 80 miles in and yeah. I think I was like second overall or something. And I couldn't make myself go anymore. Um, yeah. That was my first experience puking while I was running too. So <laughs> <laughs> the first time. I, that, that's, that's normal now. So it doesn't phase me. <laughs> But yeah, so that would have been, um, man, I don't know how, when that would have been a long time ago. Yeah. All right. That gives so. us hope for Eric. Yeah. Hope for me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had the time of my life and that's all that really matters, right? Just say yeah. yeah. I got sure. tons of experience after all my DNFs. You got a ways, <laughs> you got a ways to catch up to me on those. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it is what it is. Teach their own and uh, just keep moving forward, doing what you like to do and try, attempting what you like to attempt. Absolutely, yeah. and to more fun stuff in the coming year. So, Eric, I think the next thing for you is next big one is mid state, right? For me, yeah. What I'd like to do is mid state in April, end of April. Um, yeah. Luckily, I have a wife who does crazy stuff too, so I'm going yeah. out. Oil Creek here in three weeks and Rhoda will be there running the hundred K. Um, I don't know why she does this stuff. <laughs> Rhoda's doing the Boulder beast this weekend. But anyway, um, of course she is. Which well, distance are you doing this weekend? Rhoda? What do you think? Why would you even ask? I, know. I shouldn't even ask. <laughs> oh, man. Big boy. But yeah, so anyway, I'm excited to uh, chill, kind of chill out the rest of the year and, um, Awesome. Do stuff like Pace and Becky and run when I want. And I don't know, think, rethink, uh, get, as my, as my pacers, Jason, my crew, Jason Lyons and Katie McDonald, uh, they'll, they'll understand this joke. I'd, I'd like to kind of do a hard reset and, uh, mm -hmm. go from there, figure out what I want to go to next. Yeah. So, so Rhoda, you're awesome. Thanks for being on. We love you. Thanks for coming on oh, the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I would like to just say one thing before you kick me out. Um, I would just like to thank my crew and Pacers. Um, I, this is about as publicly as it'll get. I'll probably do something on Instagram or something. But um, I am very lucky to have a very supportive family that likes to do this stuff and crew me. So I'm very appreciative of that. So a huge thank you to them and a huge thanks to Samantha Hurlbutt, who is amazing um she's an amazing person and an amazing friend and like we have a really good time we have a, a lot of fun any like whatever we're doing and i appreciate that so much so i just wanted to thank the long one here yeah and yeah. you too for being amazing people ah you're an amazing person rhoda <laughs> Grace. I have so much love. Grace. I don't even know what to do with myself. It's great. Act fine, Grace. Act fine. Act normal. Just act normal. act normal. This is normal for me. He's losing it. It's time to shut her down. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll, yeah, I'll, I agree. I'll, and I'll, I, I, I want to thank, you know, again, I'm, I already said it once, but obviously my wonderful wife, Becky, who go, went all the way out there, blew all her personal time from school and Katie and Jason who went out with me, but we got to experience some awesome stuff together. And to me, I said it once when I was out there, but that's one of the cool things about these races and taking people out with you is getting other people just to see where you're going. You know, I love these races for the experience and to, to see the country. And if I can even bring somebody with me, it's like even better. I don't know. Yeah. That was pretty I agree cool. 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah. And, and you're, that's why your family's doing it. And it's, uh, it's all, it all just works. So I don't know, but yeah, great show. Love talking to you. Can't wait to have you on again when you decide what your next crazy adventure is and we'll have you on and you can talk about it from there. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Yep. Grace, what are you doing this weekend? Ooh. Quick, Grace, come on. You got another not weekend? About, let's not talk about it. Let's how what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I don't know. Now you have to talk about it. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Let's shut her down. Have a great night. Thanks for joining us. See you next Monday. Tell your friends. Later. Bye.